Welcome to the WG Podcast by Christian Ortiz. Okay. Welcome to the WG Relationship Podcast, where psychology and experiences from others are used to understand the relationships around us. Today's topic will be about marriage. I am sitting down with Keith, a married friend of mine, who will speak on his experiences in his marriage. I will ask him a series of questions so we can all better understand his views on marriage from his personal standpoint. And he may have some good points on this episode in regards to that. So let's get started. So share some of the history of your marriage, where you've met, how you became engaged and so on. Okay. Um, My wife and I met in 2002. We met down at a bar down in Ebor. Started dating rather quickly, I'd say within a month or so of meeting each other. Um, had a, I guess you would consider it a reasonably short courtship and engagement as we were married in 2003. So, so we've been together 18 years, married 17. Um, I'm not sure what more you would need on that. Like, So looking on... Um, she, she picked me up at the club. Oh, that's I nice. Know, yeah. That's a good one. I know, actually, there's, yeah, there's always that stereotype that uh, the men are the ones that pick the women up. Yeah. What do you feel about that, by the way? Now that 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 we're we're in that realm now, where it's just like, hey, um, it's it's supposed to when when the girls are like, well, he's supposed to come up to me and and make the first move. I feel like it's a guy thing where he's supposed to. What do you feel about that personally? Um, I think that's going to come down to personal taste. Uh, I mean, I still know a lot of a lot of men and a lot of women that feel that way exactly. That yeah. you know, the other sex should be the one that approaches them. Um, I, I say if you've got interest in somebody, show it. Yeah, you know, don't don't wait for them to make the first move because you might be missing an opportunity. They might be waiting for you to make the first move. You're waiting for them. Nobody moves, and then you lose a chance. Um, I agree. Yeah, as far as the the social view of it, and I, I think that's changing now. Um, you know, there definitely was a let's say patriarchal design where it was the man's job to initiate everything in the relationship from contact to engagement, and you know, further on. Um, mine and my wife's relationship has never been very traditional in that aspect where mm-hmm. is she hit on me first and here we are years later will you consider her traditional in any shape way or form? um i mean i guess we hold you know some traditional family values again you know raising our child raising our daughter correctly um treating people correctly things like that but as far as traditional masculine and feminine roles go no um i'll be the first, <laughs> I'll be the first to tell you the way yeah. that raised um i grew up in a military family if something broke down inside the house my dad called somebody from the base and they came and fixed it because okay. we were military housing um, my wife grew up and her her dad her biological father excuse me did construction so she grew up working on houses oh. so now let's fast forward now to you know in our relationship when something breaks at the house, my first response is this let me is call like her, somebody. Yeah. My wife's first response is no, I'm just gonna go get the toolkits and fix this. Hey, that's nice, man. <laughs> yeah. That's real nice. Yeah. That's and, real nice. Know, so people again, that's that's a complete I guess you could say gender reversal role. Yeah. Where yes, I mow the lawn, begrudgingly I'll admit. Um, <laughs> but she does more of the finer detailing on the lawn. She takes care of the gardening and things like that. And when it comes to stuff inside the house, I cook, I clean, I do the dishes. She's the one that, you know, is laying tile and fixing the drywall. So, Man, that, yeah. that that's actually like a, yeah. a like a, a nice a nice turnaround of things. Because usually you hear like the same the same stories, like, oh yeah, it's the girl that's in the kitchen and stuff like that. Right. And now, yeah, that's that's really, really good. So before you got um, you know, married, 
looking back at some of the expectations you had before your marriage, how have they changed now? I don't, that's, that's almost something I don't know if I'd be able to comment on because I never had expectations for a marriage. So like you never thought like, hey, this is how marriage is supposed to be or, or this is how I, I, I feel like it's going to feel like, like you never had those thoughts before getting um, into marriage? Maybe. I mean, everybody does because of what we're fed through media. Yeah. You know, everybody does. And you always get a lot of different views on it in the media from the beginning of a relationship when it's stars and stripes or stars and rainbow, excuse me, to, <laughs> uh, to the mid and later on points where there's slight bickering. And then of course, yeah. the golden ages when you're in your retirement time. Um, so did I hold some of those ideas in my mind going into marriage? Probably. Um, I don't think any of them really held up to the point that I could even draw back on them. Gotcha. Um, you know, I do know that both my wife and I decided before we knew each other, both coming from divorced parent families, that we wanted to get married, we would do it one time. So yeah, that's so something that we've, you know, held to and tried to maintain and kept us working forward for it. Not but that. as far as traditional values that I held at some point in my life, those went out the window. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what are some of the responsibilities or changes you might not have been ready for and how did you cope with them? Yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, what were some of the changes I wasn't expecting? Hmm. Well, like you and I have talked about this off cast before. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things in a relationship that I think breaks people up is a vision of stagnation. You know, so when I went into this, when I went into this marriage or when everybody goes into a marriage, they assume the person that they're married is going to be the way they are for the rest of their marriage and the rest of their lives. And that's not the case. So what, what assumptions that I have going in that have changed, I guess you could say all of them, because you have to understand that as you and your partner grow and get older together, you're both going to continue to change. So you have to be able to learn to love the person again, frequently. You know what Damn, I mean? I'm so glad you said that because um, I'm like, I'm Does I'm that actually sense to that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that 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 actually is going on in my life now with with friends or just just females in general, where where I would say things like, "Oh, I miss the old you. I miss when you used to do this. I miss when you used to do that." But it's like you just stated now, people are growing, and 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 what you just stated now kind of like opens my eyes a little bit more because. You know, there are there are times where like the person is changing, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like how this fucking chick is like treating me now. I, I like what she was doing before, but like then when you throw that in people's face, they're just like, well, I'm I'm progressing, I'm updating. This is this is who I'm gonna be, you know, as as I'm transitioning to whoever I'm meant to be. Yeah, and sometimes they also don't see that. You know, it's hard for anybody to realize that they're changing in any aspect. Yeah, because you're the one changing. You know, it's, it's easy to notice little things like weight loss, hair colors changing, things like that, absolutely. But your personality, the, the little aspects of your life that change as you get older because of experiences and things that have happened to you is are going to start changing you in small ways. They always will. You will constantly be in a state of flux. And subjectively, you might not notice that at all. Now, you go back and you look at older pictures and photos and videos of yourself and you can see difference in behaviors yeah. and ideologies. But other people have noticed those changes happening for months or years, depending on how long. Um, now, how do you deal with it it's in a relationship? It will reach points where you have to decide, is this something that I can live with or 
is it something that I'm just not happy with anymore? Yeah, with that, with that change, yeah. Right. Um, I've been lucky. My wife and I have been happy with each other's changes. It's not been easy. Let me be very clear to all of your <laughs> listeners. Um, you know, seven, yeah. 17 years married is, is not a cakewalk. Um, but we've sat down at the crucial points in our lives where yeah. it's been like, okay, this new behavior has been popping up and I really don't like it. And we've been able to sit down and address it and move forward from it and become better for it. That's that's really good. Um, can you share some of your difficult times? And you can be open as you know as much as you can. You know where yeah, you know. Um, and how have those changes affected your relationship in a positive or negative way, if any? Um, negative ways, uh, I guess you could say I'm kind of lucky because any of the major events like that that have impacted mine and my wife's relationship have actually brought us closer together. Um, she she won't be shy in telling people, and I've told people in the past too, that our relationship actually has been marred with a lot of personal loss, both myself, her, and us combined, friends and family. Uh, one thing that just in general with people, as you get older, you start to lose people in your life, the older generations, pets, which, you know, as we all know, you will always outlive your pet. Yeah. So those hardships in the moment always cause a lot of stress. Uh, case in point, my wife and I recently had to put down two of our dogs within seven days of each other. There were moments where we were both causing fights just because we were pissed at the you know, and the smallest little thing would set us off and then we're bickering and that bickering turns into an argument. So one of us goes, all right, hold on. We're not mad. You know, we're dealing with this. But then you come out on the other side and hopefully you're stronger. Um, you know, she has always been there for me. I was unemployed for quite a few years during the like about mid midway of the recession, um, probably around 2000. I was, th- I was 31. I'm 39 now. So good math. Um, yeah. uh, so, and, and that caused a lot of problems, but she drugged me through it. And when I say drug me through it, it's because it really put me into a depression, not being able to provide for my family. Um, I know that there were a lot of issues caused, uh, our relationship came very close to being, you know, broken and not repairable. Yeah. Um, but we pushed through it. We got past the fights and finally started listening to each other and, you know, talking, uh, and, we were both able to open up and receive what the other one was saying. It's very hard in a relationship, personal, professional, casual, to take any kind of criticism on yourself. The longer you're with somebody or know somebody, that weight is kind of compounded. You know, it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So every little critique about either how you leave your shoes or where you leave your shoes in the, uh, at night when you get home versus your toothbrush in the morning can turn into a large fight. Yeah, and it can be surprising. And then when you stop and realize that it's just the stress that's getting to you and it's not the toothbrush. And that's when you can sit down and talk. If that makes sense. No, that that makes absolute sense. So it's it's definitely something that you kinda have to like deal with together as 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 a as a couple. And again, we have come very, very close. Um, you know, there's been there was one occasion I I stayed on a friend's couch for a week because uh (laughs) <laughs> you were just I, like you know, I'll just be honest I fucked up that bad I'm trying not to cuss too much but, yeah yeah but no, nah you're fine I, man hey I, you I, fucked up, I fucked up that bad and, um, <laughs> you know luckily we were we were strong enough to come back together and, and pull through it um but it's going to constantly be ups and downs as my wife is frequently known to say that you can't it's life is peaks and valleys and you can't enjoy the peaks or you can't appreciate the peaks if you don't go through the valleys you know because Valley. Nice, gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah. That that's that's a good one. I've never heard that one before. So would you consider like some of those well not some of those things, um, besides communication, right? Um, obviously communication is like a major factor in relationships, you know, yeah, getting it's, stuff it's around. The but the question for you is what are some of the things you do to keep your relationship growing without using communication? You know, that word communication. Because we all know that. So instead of just giving that same cliche answer, you know, like, hey, yeah, let's yeah, communicate. Talk. Yeah, just talk. Um something else. Don't talk. Uh, don't try to for so I want to attribute this to the more masculine mentality because I, I, at least for me and some of the guys that I grew up with, we were raised that men fix problems. Yeah. So it's been very, very difficult for me to just listen to my wife. Because I can tell you there's times where you know your spouse, your friend, your relation, whatever, they don't actually want an answer. They want a sounding board. They need somebody to just vent and get it all out to, and they'll be fine regardless of what it is. Loss of job, loss of friend, or they stuck their toe. You know, they just need someone to listen to. So listening, lack of talking can be huge. Uh, again, it's something I personally fight with because my wife, I love her to death. She comes to me with a problem. I want to fix the problem. So I start, you know, here's all the answers. And she's yeah. like, I don't need your answers. I need your ears. Yeah. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you make, you make that's, sense. Yeah. That's, that's what I say to her. So oh, okay. Like, okay, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll shut up and I just listen to her. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, random, random things. Like, not just random flowers. Yes, I do that. Yes, she does that for me as well. Uh, and when I say random, I mean not like on Valentine's Day, but yeah. Christmas. Like, Tuesday, you went shopping, you saw a bouquet. It was like, oh, that's pretty. Let me pick that up for him. You're out wherever and you see a coffee mug that reminds you, let me get that coffee mug for him. Oh, nice. Um, you know, little things like that are definitely important. Um, time. Spending spending time together and not just at home, after work, chilling. Uh, yes, that's a majority of mine and my wife's relationship at this point. You know, we're, we're both in our 40s. Uh, well, she just turned 40. I'm just turning 40. So for us, yeah, our weekdays, don't don't ask what I'm doing at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday. I'm sitting at home. I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> um, you know, but like this weekend coming up, um, I took some time off and we're going to go out to Universal for most of the day. Nice. Uh, I kayak, she paddle boards. So when the spring and summer kicks up, we go and do that. So doing things, creating memories, because mm -hmm. it's, it's always easy to fall back on the fights. I don't know what it is about humanity but you will always remember an argument you had with somebody over remembering a good time you shared. Yeah, and you're absolutely right about that. That's my that's my problem with people nowadays. You know, <laughs> even even now with like certain females in my life, or or just friends, or, or even men, um, they'll they'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that time where you did that stuff to me, and it's just like yeah, but yeah. but that but it, the good outweighs the bad. So why are we focusing on that bad? Not only that, but how long ago was that event? You know, was it last week or was it five years ago? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's important to make good memories that you can draw back on. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. I, I'm totally agreeing with that. So me knowing you, obviously um, at work, you know, certain people have a certain personality outside of work, different kind of person. Um, I am glad to say that from at work or out of work, I, I kind of know things about you, but in your relationship, right? Mm -hmm. How has your personality played a special role in your relationship? How, how has your personality helped in your uh, relationship? I don't know if I'd say helped because I have a, a large, large amount of sarcasm and cynicism. <laughs> um, and that's that's been a problem 
very early on and, and still to this day, uh, to, my wife has had to ask me, do you, you know, are you serious? You being sarcastic very early on in yeah. fights and then have to tell her, you know, look, I'm, I'm joking, chill. Yeah. Um, so I've had to learn, I don't say, I, I don't want to say cater my personality or tune my personality yeah. to another person because that's not what you're doing. And it can make that sound very oppressive in a relationship. Oh, you had to change for that person. I, I didn't have to. Yeah. Okay. I chose to. You made that choice. Yeah. Right. Because I know it's going to cause less arguments between me and her. I know it's going to create a happier and smoother environment for all of us to live in because I'm not going to be tense about, was that joke off too much for her? Did it bother her? Um, and her, the same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, my wife's issue is with volume. She grew up with a family with more, I grew up as a single child. She grew up with her brother and two step siblings in a house. You had to speak up to be heard. Mm. Um, so she's, she's had to learn that, you know, like if I flinch a little bit that, okay, maybe she's a little too close or a little too loud. And again, I'm not trying to change her core personality uh, in any way, because I still want to hear what she has to say, just, you know, at like a seven, not a 10. And she still wants to hear everything I say, but without a really sarcastic, badly timed joke at the end of it all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how has it helped or tailored? What, what was the question? Uh, it was, it was like, how does your personality help the uh, relationship? How does it help? Uh, adaptability. Both of us grew up with, uh, in, in environments that we had to adapt to being, you know, children or divorced parents. Um, and by the way, nothing negative against either of our families for that. Everybody got divorced then it happens. Yeah. You know, we both were raised just fine. Uh, so it's, you have to understand that your certain aspects of your personality, I don't want to say they'll become blunted. So I say polished would be better. You know, while at the same time, my overall sarcasm and cynicism has toned down because believe me, like at 19, it was horrible. <laughs> I can it imagine. Horrible. It was bad. I can it imagine bad. that. Um, but because of that, in all honesty, my jokes have gotten better. You know, yeah. my, my sarcasm has become a little bit cleaner and a little bit better understood by other people. Um, so it, it, like I said, that's about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so kind of like tying in a little bit with that because you know personality and and i know we were talking a little bit earlier about like certain you know times where you argue with her bicker with her and things like that um mental health professionals right um they they tell people like it's perfectly normal or just healthy for couples to argue right and it means more if if you guys are arguing and things like that uh do you agree with this do you feel like is Obviously, it's normal to argue, but do you, do you agree with that notion that you're in a better place with your partner if you guys are arguing here and there? Or do you feel like, eh, we don't have to argue, but if it happens, it happens. What do you feel about that? Uh, I would I'd definitely say that, you know, there are certain things in, in a relationship that if you, you've done or that you do, that if they don't cause an argument or don't at least bother the other person, that's not a good relationship. Um, you know, case in point, I battled addiction uh, in my late teens and some of it carried over, over early on. And, you know, that's obviously one of the things you don't want to have carrying in. Um, so that's something that would get argued over. Uh, it would get argued over the amount of money that was being spent. Um, and it, to be clear to your audience and so you're not freaking out, it was weed. But, you know, <laughs> just, when you're just starting off in a relationship, that $50 bag of good shit is 
expensive. <laughs> um, so we would we would argue over that because yeah. you know that's not a necessity. Uh, if now looking back on it, yeah, back then I was pissed off and argue I didn't get in my way, throwing yeah. a temper tantrum, you know, early in a relationship. Uh, looking back on it now, I realized that if she hadn't been arguing with me over that, we wouldn't have been together because that means that she wouldn't have given a shit. She'd be like, all right, fine, burn out, do whatever you're going to do. I'm going to move on. Man, I love that response. That, that was, yeah. yeah. You know, so is it is it healthy to argue? Yes, about the important shit. Yeah. Um, again, you know, dealing with when couples are dealing with combined stress, you know, mutual losses, you know, mutual uh, stressful events, those type of fights are usually the nitpick fights. And no, those aren't worth having. Gotcha. You know, no. And it's so hard to realize when you're doing that until after the fact. You know, I can tell you every fight that I've nitpicked and I'm, I know I was the instigator on after the fact. Wow. So you know, that's what you got to watch out for is, is this fight worth having or is this a fight, an argument that we're getting into because one or both of us are overstressed and we're just looking for anybody to shout at. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. Um, so the next question for me to you would be... Um, so this is going to be about finances, right? Because finances is, is very... Uh, very... So you, you might want to make friends with my wife and ask her to come in on this one. She has handled our finances <laughs> like, since the beginning. I, I am horrible. This is a personality trait that uh, I will never get rid of. Money burns a hole in my pocket. I don't care. If it's a $20 bill, I'm looking to spend $19.99. Um, I mean, go ahead. Let's see. I might be but, uh, but... <laughs> Hey, um, so... so... So you, like you said, she handles all the finances and stuff. So like the question was going to be like, how do you make finances work and stuff? Because there is a common tension around personal finances and marriages. And, and it's just so much about much more than numbers and your spending habits or your wife's desire to save more or do things that the person values. And, you know, just the freedom versus the security, for example, you could have a solid plan how to handle finances and how much you will save each month. And the other person might not feel the same way, you know. And even now, with me, with me dating in 2019 and stuff, I would talk to finances. In 2020, yeah. Um, we, you know, I would talk to women about finances and things like that, and they would have like a different mindset. Like my mindset is just like, hey, save money, you know, invest and stuff like that. And their mindset would be like, yeah, let's let's just you know buy this or buy that and. So, where's how do you make finances work? And I'm not uh, again, again, for, to be dead honest. How do I personally make it work? Yeah, I, I let my wife handle it. I mean, we have we have our mutual account that we put most of our you know most of our paychecks in. That's what the bills are paid out of, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then we have she has a credit card or two. I have one, you know, and I got a, I have an IRA set up, and that's really about it when it comes to finances. But when it comes to like you know monthly day to day finances. Who's better at math? Yeah. You know, who's better at math? And then who's better with spending habits? Uh, in this case, I lucked out. My wife's good at both. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at math and, I have, and I'm bad at spending. She is really good at math and she is really good at saving. So that worked out. You know, you might find that you have a mix where one person is not the greatest at actually spending money, but they understand budgets and, you know, getting things out on time. And maybe you guys work together on that, you know? You're in charge of what the actual spending is, yeah. whereas they're in charge of making sure it gets paid on this time. Um, you know, they have better organizational skills. You have better, you know, money saving skills. However, you want to put that. So again, I don't, 
I don't really know. I think that's something that's definitely going to come down to the people in the relationship at that time. At that uh, you time, know, yeah. When it comes to money, it's, you know, it, especially in today's economy, in today's world, it being so important to just simply have it. Um, yeah. And everybody's budgets all around being overall tight. You know, it's it's definitely a localized topic. You know, two people need to sit down and go, okay, do we want to have one account? Do we want to have my account, your account? Do we want to have my account, your account, and then one account that we pay bills out of, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Uh, my parents, for example, they've been married 30-something years. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that my dad has an account, my mom has an account, they got a mutual account, and each one of them has little sprinklings here and there. Oh, nice. You know, but that's... That's how they do it, but at the same time, that works for them, yeah. right? That's how that's how my dad can go out and buy a piece of jewelry for my mom without her knowing the cost. That's how my mom can go out and do the same for thing for my dad. Yeah, you know, this way neither one of them's going. Oh yeah, that was a really nice gift, but you spent X amount of money on it. You know, it takes away that's from the true. gift. This way, it's just here's the gift. You don't need to know how much you spent on it. Gotcha. Um, what has been the most joyous day or occasion you've experienced as a married couple with your, with your um, wife? I mean, I guess the cliche answer here would, you know, be the day I got married. Yeah, yeah, the day I got married. Which don't get wrong, that really was that really was a, a great day. That was the day that I became a husband and a dad. Um, yeah, because you know my wife had a child from a previous relationship that you know I took on as my own daughter. Nice. But to be honest, for me personally, I would honestly say I hate using honestly twice in a sentence. <laughs> I realize I did that. Um, but the reality for me is, I would say my daughter's graduation. Um, Your daughter's our daughter's graduation. Yeah. She, you know, she graduated with honors, um, very high GPA. You know, she was the president of one of her social clubs or her school club, excuse me. And that, that was a feeling of joint accomplishment for me because that wasn't just my wife did this or I did this and it created this result for both of us. She and I had to work together to get to make that happen through school and to maintain the level of scholastic grades and everything that she did. So for me, up until this point, yeah, it'd be a coin toss between my actual wedding day and my daughter's graduation. Nice. So when you said I do, right, did you imagine that you'd still be married like 27 years later? Do you think you fully comprehend what it meant? Uh, 17, not 27. 17, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 17. <laughs> hopefully 27. Hopefully eternity. Did I? Shit. I don't know. I knew that I never had an intention of this being just a really expensive long-term girlfriend, yeah. which a lot of relationships and marriages nowadays seem to devolve into. You know, it's like, oh, how long were you married? Oh, six months. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were legally dating. Yeah. Okay, if you were exactly. Yeah. For six months. Um, you know, but at the same time, I've met people that they've been dating for 10, 15 years. Y'all married. Y'all are married. You live together. You pay the same bills. You don't claim each other on taxes because legally you can't. Yeah. But they never wanted to go through the formality of the ceremony and the vows because they didn't see the point. But everything else is still there. Gotcha. Yeah. So what was going through my mind or anything? I, I didn't have any intentions on this being considered wife number one. This was going to be my wife. And that was it. So you didn't have no number like, oh, this, this might or yeah. might not work out. Let me see how it goes. It was just like, hey, yeah. um, I'm trying to make this work with her and, and see how far this could go. Yes, yeah, I want to see if we can take this all the way to the end. You know, we hit the five-year mark, and that that was that was like jittery. We were, we were kind of giddy about that. Um, 
we hit the 10 year mark. And I think like one or two of our friends that had been married at that point were either divorced or going through some shit. And we were like, I know that felt good. Like we were like, okay, now we're making it. Like, and then we hit like 15 and the odd thing is even for our 15th anniversary, we were both so damn busy. We didn't really do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then we hit 15 and we looked back on it and we're like, Oh, holy shit. We've seen two, two presidencies. Um, a whole bunch of wars, the economy going up and down, family members coming and going, uh, you know, uh, social issues rising and falling, being resolved, not being resolved. Yeah, so 15 really hit it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to 20. Um, but to take a step back for, for your listeners, too, keep in mind that as you get older and further in the on in the relationship, the anniversary, it's okay to wake up and go, I love you, I'll see you tonight, and not worry about it. <laughs> we, have, we have had so many anniversaries uh, where it's like halfway through the day, someone will text the other one, "Hey, happy anniversary!" Oh shit, yeah, happy anniversary. Damn, Love you. Yeah. What do you want to do for dinner tonight? Uh, I got to work late, so I'm yeah. gonna just do this. So basically, don't don't take it personal. Some people yeah. take it personal, like, "Damn, he forgot about my um my anniversary and stuff like that." But um, yeah, yeah I see I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't really stress out the the anniversary date sometimes. Gotcha, gotcha. So for the last question, mm-hmm. um, what kind of boundaries protect your marriage? Electrified fences? No. <laughs> I don't know. Because um, my wife's a very social person and I'm, I'm an introvert. Yeah. You know, so I guess you could almost say like the boundaries are, are me. Like I trust almost like nobody. Um, and she, to be clear, she doesn't either. She doesn't like trust every single person she sees at the moment. Yeah. But she's willing to give people a chance where I am way more reluctant to. So what boundaries to keep? We've learned to identify toxic people, like flat out. Um, You will too. Everybody listening, as the older you get, you will notice that you get human repeats and you'll just go, oh. Well, he's toxic. She's toxic. Yeah, I can can tell from the way you're talking. You know, if they open their mouth and, oh, well, not a lot of people like me because I tell the truth. Yeah, okay, you're a drama queen. Let me put you over in this box. (laughs) You know, I'll keep it real. Okay, you're also drama king let me yeah. go over here and let me move on from that um i've got someone i i'm not even gonna give really my big relationship to him because people know who he is and i don't want to name drop him gotcha. but i've got one of my oldest friends i had to walk away from guy was a really great guy at heart but holy shit was he the center of a drama hurricane wow like he would find something one of his friends was doing small whatever and just start honing in on it making it this big big issue for everybody else in the group and my wife had to call it one day she was like look He's doing this stuff and it's causing problems for us. I was like, okay, you got a point. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like I ever, I didn't confront the issue. I just, you just walk away. Yeah. You know, so what boundaries trust when the other person says, I got a bad feeling about this cat. You know, even if, even if you don't, even if you've known him for 15, 20 years, your partner says, mm, I got a funny feeling, maybe not push him away, but try to take what your partner's saying to a heart. Yeah. You know, trust it's, each other. That's yeah. the best boundary you can have for, for protecting a relationship is trust. That's good, man. That that was your last question. You you absolutely you did a better job than I thought you would. This, cool. this was really really good, man. Well, thank you, Keith, man, and and for the listeners out there, really pay attention to the experiences of you know people and the, the podcast because you could always like take something from everybody in this world. So with that being said, thank you for listening, and I will catch you guys on the next episode.